What happens when a Catholic deacon matches wits with a Catholic radio show host? You get a marriage made in heaven. They may not always agree, but they're always faithful. It's the Akins with their view from the pew on Modern Day Radio. And welcome to this episode of View from the Pew. I am your host, Brenda Aiken, and joining me today is a man, well, who's got to walk around a whole lot of balloons in our house, the good deacon, Scott Aiken. Yeah, what a uh, contraption you bought for our daughter's bridal shower. It's pretty impressive, actually. Long strip that you attach balloons to. Well, I've, I've never seen 10 feet of giant balloons to hang up before until this weekend, and <laughs> That was fun. It was a lot of fun. We were able to host a bridal shower for our daughter. The wedding is just a few weeks away. And yes, I saw this kit on Amazon. I thought that is the perfect decoration. 102 balloons blown up, tied, and then strapped to a string where you can hang in any kind of archway. Uh, You did make haste of getting that done because while I said we need some help, you said, I know exactly how to do that. We all needed to get earplugs because you brought your air compressor into the living room and started blowing up balloons. Well, I know people didn't want to have my hot air blowing those balloons up. So I went out and got my compressor that is tremendously loud. I bet bet you that's about the sound of a plane taking off. It's so loud. And in the house, it only makes it more so. But man, did that work great. We got those balloons blown up and no time flat. I would have been passing out had I done it by my hot air. We all would have been passing out. So we were glad for the help. And it was wonderful to welcome Amanda's future in-laws to our home to get to meet them and spend some time. And it was wonderful to see how they love her and uh, just how her family is growing. And I guess how all of our family is growing. But it was a time of preparation and fast getting the house in order. All of the kids were there helping us get ready. You were outside getting the outside kind of cleaned up and raked up so that way it was a little more presentable. And then you got an offer for some help. Yeah, you know, so it's the season to... Take, take down some of the new growth that's overtaking. And we have a rose hedge that is just beautiful, but boy, is that thing mature. It grew about half a size bigger in just a couple of weeks, it seemed like. So I got out there and I cut, cut the hedges back, cut the rose bushes back, uh, did some manicuring of the yard as spring is here and getting prepared for the season of summer. And so as I'm out there working, two young men were walking through the neighborhood and they were dressed nicely, and I recognized, oh, they're probably young missionaries from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, Mormons, who were coming through the neighborhood. And so I watched them go house to house as I kept working. I thought, you know, they're going to come by, and they're going to probably want to talk. So I just uh, was praying, asking for some guidance, and sure enough, they came by, offered help to uh, assist me in cleaning up the yard. I, I thanked them very much, expressed to them that this is my time of peace and recovery from a, from a work week with the federal government is to go out and just do yard work. It's very peaceful. So, but I said, I, I'd love to sit and talk to you. So I, I talked to them for a good uh, 15 minutes about, uh, about our faith. And uh, it was, I think, very eye-opening for them to hear a deacon express the catechesis of our faith in a way that they probably haven't heard before in their walks. 
you never shy away from those conversations with whomever might be coming to do their mission work. And, and we've had several over the years. Sometimes they try to come back, but most often they recognize straight away that uh, that you are firm in our faith and it's what we need to be. And we need to be ready, I think, to know some real basics about our faith, especially when it comes to apologetics, in order to answer some of those questions. And you are always so gracious to talk with them. You're not slamming the door in their faces, you know, and and understand that, uh, well, they're on their mission and they they believe that this is is what they need to be doing. And But you're always ready to... Uh, offer a kind word of a difference. And maybe more so this time than ever, because they're right at the same age as our kids. So watching our kids, you know, enter into their faith as, a, as young adults, uh, it gave me a lot of uh, good uh, foundation to speak to them about where, where are you going and what does the Lord have in, in store for you? And how long do you have to be on the mission? And what are you going to do after you're done with the mission? Do you plan on getting married? And just questions of, you know, a young adult's, um, mindset that uh, we're just really fruitful to spend some time talking with them about. And of course, and then I expressed to them, have you ever thought of the source and summit of the Catholic faith, which is the Eucharist? And I talked to them about the Eucharist and tried to break that open for them this time, this Easter season. And uh, I think it was, I think it was very, very powerful. I was inspired and I wasn't there to, to judge them, but I was certainly there to offer them a perspective that maybe they hadn't heard before and give them some food to consider. Well, we are all on kind of a mission, so to speak, a journey. You know, we are not at rest until we are with the Lord. And so we continue to strive throughout our life to seek, well, that source and the summit of our faith. You know, another person who has been on an incredible journey, and he's been on our show before, Bear Wozniak. He is joining us today. He has written his spiritual memoir. And I got to tell you, Scott, talk about a man who has lived life to the fullest seeking God in every moment. So coming up, I'm going to talk to Bear about his new book, A Surfer's Guide to the Soul. And then after that, we'll just share some preparation that we're considering with regard to using Bear's information in the new season that's coming of summer and the changes in our life that are new seasons. So stay with us. we got a great show ahead for you on this week's View from the Pew. 99 Red Balloon I went paddleboarding with my family recently. It took forever to get there. The AC stopped working my van. I couldn't find parking. The paddleboard pump broke. By the time we were ready to have family fun, I was ready to explode on everyone. I was miserable. Now, if I may examine my conscience on radio with you, everything I just complain about is the problem of a blessed person. I have a car, paddleboards, kids, and I'm at a safe state park in the story. I was frustrated because I was trying to manage my blessings. So often, that's exactly what frustrates us. We gotta get the kids to school, make their lunches, run off to work. Stop, think, thank. You have kids, food, and a job, all blessings. But if you don't get intentional about counting them as blessings, you'll end up miserable and cranky. We need to stop and pause and take stock of what's actually going on and give thanks often. Then we can have perspective and joy even in the midst of the chaos. 
This is Chris Stefanik from ReallifeCatholic.com. Would you like to make your spring cleaning plans a little easier this year? Let Mater Day Radio give you a hand. If you have a car, truck, van, RV, or boat that you would like to clear out, our vehicle donation program is just the answer. You can donate your vehicle to Mater Day Radio and get a likely tax deduction in return. It's quick and easy, giving you a real jump start to your spring cleaning. Learn more about our vehicle donation program at materdayradio.com. It's Deacon Scott and Brenda Aiken with their View from the Pew on Mater Day Radio. We're all on a quest to find God because we're not at rest until we're with Him. And we experience His presence most closely when we receive the Eucharist, but also in the world around us. Have you climbed a trail and looked into the beauty of the Columbia River Gorge and seen God's hand in creation or hear the perfect sound of nature? Sounded like angels. Well, for today's guest, it may be in an early morning heading out for a long paddle in a hidden cove somewhere in Hawaii. Bear Wozniak has spent decades on the ocean, doesn't stand on the shore with his toes in the sand. He goes out into the deep to watch and wait, and if needed, to be able to paddle hard to survive. In his new book, A Memoir, Bear takes you on a journey from the mountain waves of Hawaii to the edge of Newport Beach, California, showing how his experience surfing led him to a profound encounter with God and our good friend Bear Wozniak joining us today. Good morning, Bear, or should I say aloha? Aloha. Good to talk with you again, Brenda. Oh, it is wonderful to talk with you. Boy, I think for you and me as a Southern California girl, if I don't get to that ocean on a pretty regular basis, I feel like well, there's a part of me not complete. Well, you have a wonderful new memoir and you really dive deep into this idea of intimacy with God. And it is something that, well, we should never stop striving for. So you had mentioned this just a moment ago. You made a paddle from one island to another in some pretty treacherous uh, waters, maybe not unlike how the apostles were on that stormy sea looking for Christ. Did you ever get yourself into a situation where you said, oh, God, I need you to help me out right now? Oh, uh, yeah, I have had um we call that being in the hands of God. When you're in certain situations, uh, I can have in California, Rincon Point on a day when uh, it was so big, it came up so fast that the little, the boulders on the shoreline were being tossed about. And I remember I paddled, battled to get out for probably 25, 30 minutes. And right when I got out, the, the rogue set came in and just drove me. There is a point when you, when you paddle out in big surf that you really are alone because if you get in trouble, no one can get to you. And that's when you're in God's hands. But it's also true that in some waves you can drop in and drop and kick out. But there are some waves that you, you drop into that once you've made that drop, that wave owns you. And, uh, you either make that wave or you don't. And so, um, and, and I'll tell you in those moments, you don't think about your job or your next day's business appointments. You're really, only living in that moment. And I call, I call that the still point. There's times sometimes when you're in the tube where the lip throws over you. 
So you, you, you drop in, you make the bottom turn, and then you may drag your hand deep in the face of the wave to stall your board a bit and keep you close to the, to the wall of the wave. And then it throws over you and, you, and, you're, and you're deeper in the tube. And you'll look and you'll see the light opening up in front of you. And you're going super fast. You're never going faster than when you're in a tube. Mm. Um, and yet you're not, you don't have a sense of motion because you're not getting any closer to that light. And so it's throwing over you. Sometimes it roars like a freight train and, and you feel all this power all around you. And that's that still point. And, it, and it's like, that's it. When we're, when we're, when we're really in the Lord, uh, we have that, that sense of being uh, just uh, in him and him in us. And it's that moment of the, of the eternal now. You know, God doesn't live in the future or the past. He lives in the, in the, in the, in the moment the eternal now. He, that's why his name is I am who am. In Jesus' name, name, it means I am who am salvation. But that's that still point. And that's where God wants us to, he always says, be still and know that I am God. There's that point in our lives and in our prayer lives that we always want to get to that place of stillness with him, just living in that moment. Well, Bear, I absolutely agree with you in being in nature. If we are on the mountaintop here in the Pacific Northwest or you know, floating in the ocean in Hawaii, there is ancient time in, in both of those. They have been there and have known God since all of creation. And you really dive into this in your new book, A Surfer's Guide to the Soul. Now, your book, it is a uh, memoir, a spiritual memoir, so to speak, of your life and how you have been bold. Well, maybe in there's times when there's no surf in sight. Kind of tell us a little bit more about your book and what's there for our listeners. I like what you said, because there is that great, those times of prayer when there's such a, a presence of the Lord, you know, you're reading and it seems like the scripture verses just jump off the page and you sense God's presence and his peace. And then there's times when there just isn't anything. I, I remember uh, uh, one summer where there was, seemed like there was weeks that went by without, without really any surf. And, but I always paddled out and in the distance, I saw a, a pod of dolphins, like maybe 70, 80 dolphins. And so I paddled out to them, and I knew enough about dolphins surfing and being around them paddling that I could kind of herd them a little bit. I could paddle on one side of them and then the other side, and I brought those dolphins right into Queen's Break where the children, like the, the junior high and high school kids, were just frolicking around on the boards, not catching any waves because there weren't any. And I brought those dolphins right to them, and they were like, Uncle Bear, Uncle Bear, and they played with those <laughs> dolphins for about a half hour. See, that wouldn't have happened if I hadn't paddled out on a flat day. Yeah. So, so paddle out and waiting on the Lord is really our kuleana. It's what we do. He sends the waves when it's his time. Our responsibility is just to show up and be there with him. And the big part of surfers is waiting. My mother used to say, you guys look like sentries out there just looking out to the ocean and you wait. I think too, Bear, that's God's call to, to ask you to come out, to come a little deeper with me. Follow me just a little farther because, boy, God knows what's, what awaits us. We just have to be willing, well, to join in along for the ride, kind of the way well, that wave is going to take you. Bear Wozniak is joining us today. A wonderful new book. It is so much fun. And the wisdom inside its pages, A Surfer's Guide to the Soul. 
Well, one more question, though, before we go to is in the book, you talk about humbling yourselves. Now, we know here (laughs) in the the Pacific Northwest, I think similar to way the way that anybody who lives on the oceans, you don't turn your back on that ocean. We are humble. We are humble to the Lord and we are humble to those waves because, boy, the power of nature, the power of God can just wash over us. But at the same time, if we relax and we let go, well, boy, that ocean, well, that can just raise us up even closer to God. Tell us a little bit more about how humbling yeah, ourselves that's, so that's, I, is I the way to go. That, I probably say that two or three times a day to tourists out there. Don't turn your back on the ocean because you'll, right. you'll pay a price for that. And But the other thing is, you know what I love to do? I love to watch these little YouTube videos of children falling. I'm sorry, but it's so cute. <laughs> you know? I know. But then I realized surfers fall more than little children. We fall all the time. And the ocean can humble you pretty quick. I recall a certain experience of mine somewhere in this town. I've heard of it called Portland. Uh Where my uncle was pulling pulling me on my first experience on water skis. And I was so good, so fast. And then a big ship. It was out in the sound or someplace. I don't know where it was. But a big, real big ocean ship came by, and there was these big swells that came towards us. And the boat goes over, goes over, and then it looked like it kind of disappeared. And then I went through them, and so right when I thought I was really, really great, I, I really got humbled right away. So God is so gracious to us, especially people that are radio hosts and stuff. You get, God will humble you anytime you want, anytime He wants. So the thing about humility, though, is that so many people won't try something new. Uh, yeah, I know so many surfers that are, are too cool for school, like, well, I'm a shortboarder, so I would never longboard, or I'm a longboarder, I wouldn't shortboard, or I'm a boogieboarder, so I would never tandem surf. I mean, they've, re- they've reached a certain coolness level, and they're afraid to look foolish again. But we should always be, we should always be failing at something. We should always be, uh, you know, push, pushing our limits a little bit. So often, you know, I'm a world champion tandem surfer. I live with my wife when I surf. And we go to the beach, and there's all these talented surfers there, but they won't let me teach them how to tandem because they don't want to look foolish. And that's just that that just puts you in a box, and it, and it, it's a way, our way of putting God in a box. And we want to let we want to we want to let God out of the box. He wants to get get us out of the box and be bold. You know, boldness. If you're a Christian, you better expect that God wants you to be bold. And and the way you get bold is by being prudent. You 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 make your decisions based on being prudent. But you but you got to stretch your horizon. You got to stretch your limits. That's right. And you will learn more about how Bear has done that in his new book, A Surfer's Guide to the Soul. Well, Bear, boy, it has been a wonderful time with you today. It is always a great day when we get to talk. And I really appreciate your time. Good to, good to talk with you, you too, Brenda. Aloha. Aloha. Again, that is Bear Wozniak, the new book, A Surfer's Guide to the Soul. It is out by Sophia Institute Press. I will be sure to add links, though, where you can get to Bear's webpage, and I will be sure to add that link on the podcast of this interview. You're going to find it on the Hail Mary Media app or on our webpage, materdayradio.com. Talk about living life to the fullest. You know, Baron mentioned it too. His father was a permanent deacon. They lived and grew up on Molokai, a sacred island, he said. And uh, 
Yeah, would make that paddle from island to island where it went, when it was close enough and uh, seeking God. Then that is a man who continues to seek God every single day. I love talking with him. Yeah, he is. He is just alive. There is no doubt about it. And he just seems to become more alive the older he gets. And that's the that's that just gives hope. I just love to see people who continue to tap into that well that we speak of this this Easter season, like the woman at the well, he taps into that well of water that that brings about everlasting life. And, and you can just see his his reflection on his life and the growth he sees and the direction that he's he's heading. And I think his book is just fabulous to express that in such simple, beautiful, natural ways that uh, I think as Catholics, we, we kind of get heady in theology. And I think he expresses that theology in a very uh, down-to-earth way that really resonates deep within uh, the reader's ears. Well, Scott, the other thing that really struck out with me, too, was that you know, Bear has had challenges. He's been in competitions before. He's been in difficult waters before. And he allows every struggle in his life to bring him closer to the Lord. Even when he felt like, Lord, oh, where are you? I am out on the ocean and it is rough and I, I, I need you. And he may even sometimes feel abandoned. But boy, when he gets through to the other side, his faith is stronger. Now, for many of us, it can be difficult when we're going through a tough time to look back afterwards and when we've gotten through it and even when we're going through it and become stronger in our faith. So often we go through a difficulty in life and we cut God out. One of the chapters that was inspiring to me is the chapter entitled The Spring Swells. You can imagine as springtime comes and the storms are coming, that uh, those swells are, are inspiring the, the surfers to, uh, to get, get ready for the new season. And he talks about his experience of riding, riding tandem board. And that's where another person rides on the board with you. But in this case, he speaks about it in the terms of he and God and riding tandem out. And, and he says, we want to paddle with all our might, hope and prayer and drop into a new, wonderful, rich experience of his perfect will, speaking of God, and we want to flow with him and rest in him as he turns us in a new direction. And, you know, I think if you've ever been out in the ocean, I used to boogie board, I never surfed. You, know, you realize my dad always said, never turn your back to the ocean, always be respectful of the ocean. It's a power that is natural, but is God created and how that ocean can change our direction quickly. And do we, do we move with it or do we fight it? And I think that's a, a metaphor for our life that that uh, that Bear really can tap into uh, profoundly in his experience. You know, another thing that Bear talks about is being bold. You know, sometimes you get caught in the in situations, and you can't see the end. It, it's like a darkness, but you know that if you keep striving, maybe even dig in a little deeper, strive a little harder. Well, then you know the end will be there. That's where God is is leading you to. It it feels like you're wandering sometimes. You feel like, if, if am I even going in the right direction, God? Are you guiding me? But I think that's what Bear's getting at is that you've got to let him, you know, kind of be the current that is, is driving you forward to assure that you don't even know it's there, nor do you even know the graces that await. 
Bear puts his trust in God, and that is definitely the example that all of us can learn. Yeah, and and there's an ability to panic in our humanity, and there's also an ability to trust deeply. And I think that's the that's the choice that he constantly reflects on as he's out there in the ocean, because like you said, currents, changes in, in uh, topography, you might start out at one end of the beach, you might end up way down on the other end. He said he's talked with people who have been trapped out overnight, waiting for the current to change so they can swim back in. Uh, just just amazing stories of that. But, you know, he gave a an, his first chapter, uh, he talked about this 100-year wave event, and his son who loves to surf and has surfed since he was a little boy, um, was wanting to go out there with um, a friend of Bear's. And he said, we're all set. And this, and this friend is going to take me out using a jet ski to get me out on the big ones. And it resonates in, his, in Bear's writing that, my gosh, he wanted to say, no, no, don't. That's dangerous. I don't know if you're ready. But he had his son was ready in his mind. And Bear had to take a leap of faith and trust that. And he says something profound. He says, at times like this, not saying anything is the best way to stay in the place of faith and grace. So rather than talking it through with his son, he just answered quickly, okay, you're ready. Be safe. Trust in that. And so as a consequence of that, uh, he had to let his son go out and it was a nerve wracking experience. He describes it so well. And as a parent, I just relate to that so deeply, but you know, that's, I we're facing that right now as a seasonal change in our life with our daughter or second daughter getting married and going out. And we have to trust that they're going to be okay. They're going to be able to pay the bills. They're going to be able to continue the jobs that God has given them. And there's a sense of an opportunity to panic or an opportunity to trust deeply. And I think both you and I have really uh, through prayer, and, and through uh, interaction with one another, been able to hold on to that trusting deeply with God and not panicking. Well, it is a lifetime of learning for all of us, and especially for our children. We pray that we have done enough, but you're right. That time comes where you say, I've done what I can, and now it's time for you, you know, to take control of the rest of your life. And boy, what a pleasure and a joy it is to be able to watch them take off on that wave take off on that next part and journey in their lives and really, you know, thrive. Scott, before we go, will you end us in prayer? Absolutely. Lord, we thank you for the many opportunities you bring in our life. And we ask for forgiveness for the times that we've panicked and not trusted in you. Help us this week and through this Easter season to trust in you as you have promised for us, the paraclete, the Holy Spirit, who will come and give us strength as we approach Pentecost in June. Help us to trust in that word and give our lives more and more over to you in a humble and loving way. We ask this in your holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen. And that is going to wrap it up for us this week. Please tune in next week as we share with you more stories about our faith, our family, and our view from the pew. God bless. Have a great week. You've been listening to View from the Pew, a weekly look at faith and family life from a Catholic perspective with Deacon Scott and Brenda Aiken. For more information on the Aikens and to listen to an archive of their previous shows, visit them online at moderndayradio.com slash pew. View from the Pew is produced at the studios of Modern Day Radio in Portland, Oregon.